Good morning and good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Random Trek. I am your faithful captain, Christopher Ingle, and as always joined by my faithful first officer, a man who is the logical of logics, a man who is as, as uh, Klingon as the best Klingons, Mr. Brennan, the mystical Mar. Brennan, how are we doing, sir? And is it me, or is this me from the future? Actually, it's you. You from, decide. Mm -hmm. It's you from ten minutes ago. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Today, uh, we've been really excited for this. We're taking a look at uh, season one, episode ten of Strange New Worlds: A Quality of Mercy. Uh, this is auspicious because this was the retelling, uh, reimagining of uh, Balance of Terror from the original series, which we reviewed uh, earlier last month. Uh, and so I really love that we get to kind of attack these uh, together in the same amount of time and take a look at this, uh, this being a lot newer. Uh, Brennan, what were your initial thoughts going in? Well, this, when I first saw it, last year, or, or yeah, earlier in 2022, was my favorite episode of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, it 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 stood out to me because it was a retelling of my favorite episode of the original series. Mm -hmm. Watching it again, it wasn't quite as good as I remember, but it was still really good. I'm the same way. Now, I still like this episode. Let me be clear. I said it uh, last week. I'll say it again. I like this episode a lot. But I think I liked it more on my first watch because of the shock of not expecting where this was going at first. I didn't expect a retelling of, of Balance of Terror. And even going into it for the first few minutes when Pike goes forward in time, I didn't exactly pick up on it right away. But when we said Romulan neutral zone seven years in the future, and it started to click with me real fast. Mm -hmm. Um, watching it now, there are some things that I have I take a little issue to, but it's still powerful, it's still good. This is so darn good. Let's get right into it and then we'll we'll kind of pick it apart a little bit. Uh so. Uh, this is not just a retelling of the Balance of Terror. We actually have something starting things out. So the Enterprise and the USS Cayuga uh, are on a, a Starfleet outpost. I believe it's uh, Outpost 4 on the Romulan, uh, along the Romulan neutral zone. Uh, Pike is meeting with the leader of this, of this outpost, which is also a mining outpost. Uh, and we find out that his son is one of the future cadets that Pike knows will die and result in his uh his future his fate where he becomes the pike that we know by uh by the time we get to uh is it menagerie we get to menagerie mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um he 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 is in negotiations right now to help them out sure. when realizing this he steps up and says i i you know uh uh una and and spock will be able to help you the rest of the way uh i have some things i need to take care of and he's very startled because he sees the person you know that that is going to eventually die right in front of him heads back to his quarters 
and he starts to write a letter to send to them because he knows the future. He sends a letter to end this. And then all of a sudden, a voice, a familiar voice, appears in the corner of, of his room. And it's himself. In a monster maroon, nonetheless. Wearing the classic Star Trek II look. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and this startles Pike at first, but uh, Pike, the what we will call future Pike, uh, alternate future Pike, proves that he is himself to himself. Uh, and says, here's the deal. This should never have happened. It isn't. And I convinced uh, the Klingons of Borath to give me another time crystal to come back in time and talk some sense into you. Because this shouldn't have happened. And he's like, what are we talking about? Um, war and problems. Serious things right now. And what you're doing right now is not going to help. It's going to change the course of events in ways you can't fathom. Mm-hmm. And he says, but if you don't believe me, here you go. And he hands him a time crystal and he says, use this. Use this and you'll know. And Pike touches the crystal and then we go seven years into the future where we see Pike officiating a wedding. This is a familiar scene. There's a familiar scene, uh, uh, of course, in in Balance mm-hmm. of Terror, where it opens mm-hmm. up at a wedding. This is the same wedding, but it's on the Enterprise. Uh, there of uh, this Enterprise, uh, and so uh, we hear red alert. It's, it's Spock. Red alert. Uh, you know, attack on on a Federation outpost for everybody to battle stations, just like that happened before. Mm-hmm. And everything starts to play out exactly the same way. Not sure who who is what is happening. Uh, but we know, uh, uh, unfortunately, they, they kind of show briefly a Romulan bird of prey decloak and attack and then go away. Um, mm-hmm. We get the discussions, same as we did in Balance of Terror. We haven't seen the, the Romulans in a long time. We don't even really know what's going on. You know, all the discussion they have. Kirk, or uh, uh, not Kirk, Spike. Spock, Spike. Let's try that again. Pike. <laughs> This is what happens. I think if if they were combined into one individual, like how we had two Vicks, if it was Pike and Spock, we'd have Spike. I like that. Have you been watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I might have been. I might have been. I also might have been watching two Vicks again. Ah, uh, this is <laughs> We'll get there. We will get there. But uh, he begins to follow to try to track this thing, and they figure it out. Uh, but at the last second, help comes. And this time, it's the USS Farragut. Something mm. that didn't happen before. And lo and behold, who is the captain of the USS Farragut? Mm. James Tiberius Kirk. You got it. Uh, it is the Kirk. Uh, of course, played by Paul Wesley, who, uh, sneak peek, uh, will be Captain Kirk in the second season of of, uh, of Stranger Worlds. But he is the captain of the USS Farragut. Um. Pike meets with uh, Sam Kirk, Kirk's brother, who's been aboard, aboard, aboard the Enterprise. Uh, and he tells him, listen, Kirk, Kirk is a good officer, but he doesn't like to lose. And sometimes he doesn't play by the rules. But he's a good officer and his head's in the right place, but his heart leads him astray sometimes. And uh, you need to be careful of him. <laughs> and so uh, they coordinate with each other to track this vessel to track it uh the thing with the comet uh comes up where hey 
if it goes through the comet, we can we can track it even easier. We can see it. We know it. And so he says, you know, Enterprise is going to go on the other side. Farragut, you stay over here. That way we can pincer it this time. Aha! But when they do that, this time, it doesn't come out of the comet. The, de the bird of prey decloaks behind the Farragut dun, dun, dun. and nearly destroys the Farragut. Enterprise beams everyone over, and we have a battle. Uh, the Enterprise takes serious damage from a plasma bolt from the bird of prey. Uh, not enough to destroy it, but enough that it does some serious damage. But they get some shots in on the Romulan Bird of Prey. The thing is, Pike doesn't want to destroy the Romulan Bird of Prey. He wants to only disable it. Different from Kirk. Kirk was ready to do what he needed to do. Pike of mercy. Yes. And uh, when Kirk and his crew beam over... Uh, also, by the way, their first officer... Is uh 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 Laon. Laon is, is the first officer of the fair. Yeah. Cool. And we get reference that no one has talked to Unuchin Riley in some time. Mm. We'll get back to that. Um, but um they come together and and uh um basically Pike and Kirk kind of have a little tete-a-tete -tete with each other where Kirk says, You hesitated. If you had just fired and destroyed them. We would have no problem here. But you hesitated, and that's a problem. And of course, we're thinking that this is just Kirk, you know, in his I don't like to lose issue. But Pike says, you know what? I have an idea. And they go to the bridge, and he says, hail, hail the Romulan ship. And what are you doing? He, hail, he hails him, and he says, listen, I want to talk. I know we could end up fighting. We could continue fighting as we've done for over a hundred years. Or we could change this. We could talk with each other right now. Mm -hmm. We've received damage. You've received damage. But you know very well we could attack you. I know very well you could attack us. So let's talk. And the Romulan answers. The Romulan commander answers. And they have a communication. And this is where it really deviates from the original story. He says to the Romulan commander, listen. Well, they were able to bounce an image off the... Uh, right. And that, that, the happened in the, yeah. that happened in the original, too. Yeah. That all happened. Everything that happened up to that up to the comet was the same. Yep. Until the Farragut showed up. Mm -hmm. When the Farragut showed up, everything goes different. Um, and so he says, give me two hours to do repairs and to bury our dead as a show of good faith. And the Romulan commander says, okay, two hours. This is not normally Romulan. Romulans would not do that. This is different. Uh, and so they work on repairs, and we find out from the Romulan commander that uh, he doesn't want war. He's tired of this. He's been fighting a very long time and wants this to end as much as, as Pike does. The two hours pass. And after the two hours pass, an armada of Romulan ships shows up. Mm. Including the Romulan Praetor. Yeah. Kirk, Kirk doesn't understand what's going on. Uh, uh, Pike doesn't understand what's going on. And we flash over to the Romulan ship and the sub-commander, second-in-command, says, I communicated with them. If we had just destroyed them like you had asked, there wouldn't be a problem here, but you didn't. So I mm. contacted back and basically commits a mutiny. 
right there and says, you know, we're yeah. doing this. Um, however, Kirk mm. had a had a backup plan just in case. Kirk had left on a shuttle about an hour to head back to this different stations. He showed up with mining vessels, automated yep. mining vessels. Automated mining vessels. Under the thought that the, the Romulans wouldn't know what a Federation vessel truly looked like after a hundred years. So trying to call their bluff that we can destroy you if we need to. And they stand toe-to-toe with each other along the Romulan uh, Romulan Federation border. Uh, the, the cloaked vessel shows up again and stands in between them. Uh, and the Romulan commander gives the, in another reality, we could have been friends speech. We are of the time. We are of mm-hmm. the kind. Uh-huh. And the, the Praetor says, he failed. He never should have been caught in the first place. And fires and destroys that vessel. Basically, they, met, they execute him right there. Mm-hmm. And the Praetor says, uh, you know what? Your weakness to do what you need, what should have been done, is going to be your undoing. And they begin attacking. And then send a declaration to every species they can, saying, we are now at war with the Federation. And so what we have now found out is, is that what future Pike was trying to prevent is a war. But there's one more cost. Mm. In being attacked there was a casualty and instead of pike or or like in the original episode uh the 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 groom that we saw spock is okay. gravely now he's not killed but he's gravely injured mm-hmm. and now spock is to live a life the way that pike eventually would as we saw in menage yeah, as a very tearful nurse chapel and and then uh, uh, the future Pike shows up again in Pike's quarters and says that Spock is destined for something great. Many great things. Many great know. things. Yeah. Um, and your actions cost him. You have to do what you have to do and let the course of history play out. Mm-hmm. And this sends Pike back, and he's standing there with his letter. And he says, computer, delete the file. Mm-hmm. And he deletes it. And he heads to the bridge, and everything seems great again. But then, then, the USS Cayuga and the, Pike's, Pike's girlfriend show sometimes up. Sometimes girlfriend, yeah. His sometimes girlfriend shows up uh, and asks for Unichin, Riley, and Pike to please come to the transporter room. And they do. He shows up with a security force. And they arrest Unichin Riley on crimes of being an augment. And very an augment, yes. Yes, and they are beamed away. And with that, the season ends. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. Uh, I'm going to give you the honor here. What did you like about this episode? Well, revisiting my favorite episode is always a joy. And I remember seeing this episode for the first time and being completely blown away by the fact that this is where they were going. Um, the 
answer the note, of course, is always a delay. Um, you know, good stock stuff, of course. And, uh, what's his name? Ethan Peck, I think his name. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's always great. Uh, you know, great cast. Uh, really fun to get to see. I love the design of the Enterprise in this show. Yeah. Getting to see the Farragut, what it looked like. It's really neat. Um, the designs being similar, uh, you know, it's it's like, you know, they took the visuals of the original series, and they gave them a little more personality. So seeing the star bases that get destroyed by the Romulans. Getting to see all the neat Romulan ships. Um, getting to see, you know, with, with Una not being on the, no, Una, uh, uh, Lon, not being on the ship, it's Ortegas that's the, uh, one of the grunthier ones that's in for uh, well, Lieutenant Styles in the original episode. As the one being like, Arg, run runs. And uh, it's just so much fun to revisit. And getting this, like, it's a wonderful life kind of view. But here's what happens if things don't go the way. They're supposed to go, and of course, we know where it's going. And getting to see Pike embrace that and realize that's what I need to do because that's just how it's going to be. And he's been, that's the story arc he's been dealing with since season two of Discovery is do I embrace my fate? Or do I change it? It's a very Greek tragedy kind of feel. Mm -hmm. Which makes perfect sense that the title is based. Of course, in Shakespeare's The, the Merchant of Venice, Act 4, Scene 1, The Quality of Mercy is All Strained. Or is not strained. That's a good out, out phrase there. Let's see, I have it here. The quality of mercy is not strength. Yeah. Um, forgetting to get that sense of Shakespearean tragedy in. You know, do you change your fate or do you go with it? And it's it's really quite a smart thing to do. And I was so happy when I was watching this episode last year. For the first time going, oh, where are they going with this? Oh my gosh, balance of terror. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are the things I really liked. Hmm. I really, okay. When I first liked this, first, first of all, again, I think it's a great retelling of this. It's a great way to introduce the balance of terror 
to the modern audience. I think mm-hmm. this is a great way to do it. But having that what if with Pike was just enough of a twist for me that I enjoyed it thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And making it such a good character piece for Pike, because the original is a character piece in a different way, mm-hmm. but it's not focused on just Spock or just Kirk or, you know, you know it, it really, um, it really is a little bit of everybody. This is Pike's story. I love that about this. Pike is such a fascinating character. And Anson Mount is just the pinnacle Pike to me right now. I'm loving mm-hmm. that. Absolutely. Uh, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I am curious. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when looking at this, okay, if you were to say someone's got to watch either Balance of Terror or this, they have to do one or the other. Mm-hmm. Knowing that Balance of Terror is a little older, it's a little, you know, just a little bit different. Which would you have them do? Balance of Terror, no question. Really? Because it is Star Trek. In one episode, to encapsulate what is Star Trek, mm-hmm. it's Balance of Terror. Hmm. Interesting. It's not a balance of terror city on the edge of forever. I I, I don't blame you. Are the episodes that encapsulate what Star Trek is? I I totally agree with you on like especially with Star Trek history. But if I if I um can only do one, I don't know. I think more modern audiences would take to Pike's Enterprise and those adventures just a little bit more because mm. most modern audiences, even if they don't know Star Trek, know who Kirk is. They know the basic Kirk traits. And I, I do believe that the one of the things that's a little lacking is Paul Wesley as Kirk. It's, he's all right. He's all right. Yeah, he's not a bad Kirk, but he's not the best Kirk. Yeah. You want a good example of a retelling of Kirk, go to Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah. Chris Pine okay. died. Yes, Chris Pine nailed it. He, he took just enough of Kirk and still made it his own. Genius who's a jerk. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where where Paul Wesley's gonna land here. Mm. This this is not a terrible introduction for Kirk, and it was a nice surprise. Wasn't expecting that. Yep. That being said, you introduced all the Kirk character traits we come to expect. I don't like the no-win scenario. I'm a bit of a cowboy. Like they're all there. But somehow it feels a little lacking. There's something missing. It feels like maybe watered down Kirk. There's a heart to Kirk that's missing. And and it's not a terrible thing. But I'm missing it. I I, I miss that if you're going to introduce Kirk. You know? Yeah. Um... Now we we've been a, actually I think we've been a really big fan of Ortegas with this. this oh, show, I, love, right? I love Ortegas. Talk a little bit about Ortegas's flip as kind of being the dissenter here. This is the person who's going. It's the wrong answer. It's she kind of plays that uh, that role here. Talk talk a little bit about this. Well, if if Lon had been on the bridge, that would have been her. Lon Nunezing, because that feels like her personality. Because he's the first officer on the third. 
that's not the case here. And clearly, it wouldn't be Ahura. It wouldn't be Stock. It wouldn't be um, Lisa Helmsman. What is her name? Oh, it was... um. What was her name? She was the same one in the current in the current um hold on. Let me bring that up. I'll I'll bring it up. Yeah. yeah. Uh is it Jenna Mitchell? Something to that effect. Let me double check. Uh, I'm double yeah, it's Jenna Mitchell. Lieutenant Jenna Mitchell. Jenna She's Mitchell. the navigator. There yeah. you go. Uh, it wouldn't really fit her. So it makes sense because we know that that Ortega. Has never been raised to your mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she also, as we know, has a little bit of a little attitude. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Her attitude toward the Romulans. Yeah, definitely fits, I think. Mm-hmm. With her character. Like I said, it would have been on if, if she were on the bridge. Mm-hmm. I think it works for Ortegas. Um, and she's not quite as overtly racist as Styles was in the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think was, was interesting. I also noticed that when Spock talks about the Romulans, he quotes the exact same lines that Leonard Nimoy said in the original series about Vulcan history. And of course, we have that great zoom in where he raises his eyebrow. Very classic stock. Yeah, that that stock fascinating look. Mm-hmm. Um, and and no, I know obviously, Mark Leonard is what made the Romulan commander. So much, has so much personality in the original. Uh, this time he's played by Matthew McFadden. Mm-hmm. Not Matthew McFadden, in case anybody's listening. That's a different actor entirely. Um, so no one is ever going to be able to do what Mark Leonard did. Right. This guy is decent. I do think that the one. Criticism, I think, is that the editing is often so quick in this show that some of the emotional punches don't land. Right. Because it's like they're in a hurry all the time. Mm-hmm. And yet they come back and there Maybe were a couple... Modern editing, I don't know. No, and I'm with... I, I Yeah, I'm with you. But the then 60s they... editing was different. They come back and they give us little things that make me go, oh, like hearing Scotty's voice. Which, by the way, I loved hearing Scotty's voice. Absolutely. That was great. And and he's not credited. However, uh, the voice of Scotty is Matthew Wolf. Matthew Uh, Wolf. He's an English actor. Uh, He's done a lot of other little things. Um. He he's done uh, voices with D. Bradley Baker in uh, Mars Me's Moms, Rio uh, with Nicholas Guest. However, yeah, yeah. our good friend does indeed have some Star Trek connections prior to this. Uh, he actually has performed 
he was uh, in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo with Christopher Plummer mm. and was also on 24, which co-starred Annie Wershing. Yep, the, the late great Annie Wershing. Mm-hmm. Uh, among so many other things I could go into, he's one of those actors. It's just like everything. But he is the voice of Matthew. Uh, or he is the voice uh, of uh, of Scotty. And it was a nice touch. Like yes, hearing that, nice. especially when we come off of the gut-wrenching hit of the death of Helmer, mm. you and I both probably sat there going, are you getting Scotty next? Is, mm. is this? No, we know that's not true. But we know it's Carol Kane. Carol Kane. But it was a nice touch at oh, yeah. that point oh, to, yeah. hear, <laughs> to know that in seven years we would still have Scotty. Oh, yeah. I had to do it. Yes. But what's other uh, also interesting here is who's not here. Mm. And I think we need to take a look at that and as fans, ask ourselves these questions. Number one, where is Bones? Mm. And I think this is an interesting thing because the relationship, as we saw in, um, in, in the Kelvin timeline, the relationship between Kirk and Bones goes further back than the Enterprise. If, he probably shocked up with m and <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> he had hands of a surgeon i mean that's you know. that's true uh but we don't have bones we have dr mbenga dr mbenga yeah. is there it's all dr. Uh, no bones no sulu no Chekhov. well Chekhov season one but mm. well actually <laughs> well but so there's no... our good friend scott nance and he has the answer for you oh does he uh but no sulu there's mm. no sulu yes kid Yes. Um, no uh, nurse. We did not hear from Nurse Chapel, I don't believe. Until the end. Uh, oh, that's right. It was in the very end. That's right. Um, so those kind of, uh, and then of course, Janice Rand. Janice Rand as well. Oh, no human Rand. Mm. None of that exists in this. So yes. it makes me wonder, well, this is a bigger role. He plays a bigger role then we know by having to go through his destiny and accept where he's going to go. Yeah. Now, can you imagine Star Trek without future Captain Sulu? Mm. Can you imagine it without Bones? You know, like... Well, considering this is an alternate timeline, it's like Enterprise, who knows? And I get it, but still, like these are these are quality Star Trek things. And hearing Scotty's voice was a nice touch, but it got me thinking: Where's everybody else? Hmm. What else is going? Where's there's Chapel making out with Spock? Darn it! I guess kind of it's a good thing and a bad thing with this episode is while it got me, it got me uh, really excited for the things I did see. I was sitting here going. I want to know more about what I didn't see. Mm -hmm. I want to know more about this world that we built and what has happened as a repercussion of having a war with the Romulans <sighs> and that relationship, that, that, that tipping point, which is Captain James Tiberius Kirk, mm -hmm. you know, and this shows too, that for these writers, Kirk is a tipping point. Kirk is a central focus on this, but why is Kirk a central focus? Because Pike made a decision. Yep. That's, that's powerful. That puts a lot more emphasis on the power of Pike. 
Mm. And I like that, giving it back to Pike. It's not just the Kirk, Kirk and Spock show. Mm-hmm. Pike has a part to play. I, I do love that aspect of it. But, like you said, the question still kind of made me have a little bit of a down for me at the, at the exact same time. Yeah, weird. I guess I didn't think of those questions. I, I, I don't know, but that's me, I guess. Um, I okay. Things that I, I, I will say, I outright didn't like, and I know it's, I know it's more modern. Okay, it's more modern. The Romulan bird of prey. I kind of would have liked it if they gave us just a little bit of retro in that. Mm. Just a li- and I know. Listen, we've seen Enterprise obviously be updated. I get it for the modern times, but I would have liked a little bit of that retro callback with the bird of prey. Just a little, little bit. Make make that set kind of those, the boring kind of look to it. A, a little bit, you know, just just enough to kind of go in with that continuity that mm-hmm. we have. I would have liked that. I didn't get that. Um, yeah. And I, I also felt that in the same way with, with, I can't believe I'm saying this with the Klingons in discovery. Mm. I feel that the Romulans here, it falls in the exact same category. And I kind of feel like they just reuse that idea in two different stories. And these are a lot of the same writers, so I'm a little disappointed. You mean summoning their whole fleet to challenge the Federation? Well, that and the whole idea of we should have attacked them. We should have attacked them. I'm like, that's not what the Federation is about. That is well, not the Federation. As that we, we learn in Picard, Federation isn't always all it's cracked up to be. True. That's true. But this is this is classic era. And I'm going to throw Strange New Worlds in our classic era. It's true. In. It's I'm going to throw that there. And I'll also put Discovery, those first couple of seasons, right there, too. There are expectations that I have of what the Federation is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. As, as we have been given, if we were to think that this is just a prequel to, to the original series, okay, then I expect some of that tone and some of that to carry through, including what we expect of the Federation. And the Federation is not an attack force in any way. It's about diplomacy. Yeah. It's about and, Wonder and I wanted... if, if um the attack on the border asteroids is like a Pearl Harbor of sorts. Maybe. And I'll be honest though, Pike knew those asteroids were attacked. Any Pike should have went, uh-uh, no, 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 no. We we're gonna fight back. That's we're fighting point. back. That's a good point. I think any captain who saw what they saw would view the Romulans as a well, threat and wouldn't go, hey, let's talk to them. Well, if you look at the title, Equality and Mercy, mm-hmm. and if we look at how they use that in The Merchant of Venice, right? they talk a lot about mercy. They're not very merciful to Shylock right. in that story, even though Portia gives this excellent speech about what makes mercy. Ergo, you could argue that like showing mercy to the Romulans is what caused this whole mess to begin with. Just as 
all this that mercy is a valuable quality. There are moments in life where we need to show mercy in our hearts. Sometimes that does lead to like for instance, you know, somebody beats you up, you know, you know, mugs you in the street. They get arrested, right? Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity, you can be merciful to them in the sense of in my heart, I am merciful to you. Now, sometimes that means they might still have to actually take the consequences for right. their misdeeds. So it's sort of the, the two-edged sword mm-hmm. of mercy. And I think that this episode, just like we sort of see the two-edged sword of mercy in The Merchant of Venice, how the characters act toward dialogue, I think that you can definitely look at this episode and say, was mercy the right choice? And that's one of those ethical questions that there may not be an answer to. Mm-hmm. And I think it actually works in this episode mm. because it's asking that question. It's a good point. It is a very good point. And it's a fickle thing in the end. Yes, uh, very. You know, but I, I guess... Well, and then it ends with... with number one getting arrested now see that interested me like we knew that was going to come in at some point speaking of mercy or lack thereof Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and we know that you know that's another thing too that i can't wait for us to talk about in general is the development of and growth of the idea of augments in star trek because it's changing it is is somebody gonna quote that soliloquy from Shakespeare is someone going to quote that in a courtroom defending number one? If you prick us, I do wonder. We not bleed if you take well, us, not we that not one. Yeah. Wow. The the quality of mercy is not strained. I wonder if that's going to be a little Maybe. bit of a callback to that quote. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, Star Trek loves it Shakespeare. So. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, but yeah, mercy. It's really an episode about if, if the title says equality of mercy. Mm-hmm. Was there anything in this episode that you didn't like? Enough to be a problem? Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, the editing was awfully quick. So some of the scenes that I would have liked a little more emotional breathing room, we didn't necessarily get. Right. Yeah, that's that's kind of modern editing for you. Right. Um there no I mean certainly some of the other characters didn't get as much screen time as I would have liked. You know, definitely more Uhura, more Dr. Mavenga, mm-hmm. Nurse Chapel. Um I would have liked to see a little bit more of those guys. That, that that's not a criticism because we know in the history of Star Trek that's just how episodes play out sometimes. Right. So it's not enough of, of a criticism to be anything that takes me out of it. It's just 
I mean, okay, I may or may not have a slight crush on Jenna Bush. He <laughs> plays in his chapel, so, you know. But let's just say it's selfish reasons. <laughs> just because I love it when she's on screen. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, not, yeah, not, it... not not snogging pockets. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I guess we can move into some come to some of the connections here. Oh, there's uh, a lot. <laughs> oh, they are. Why, why don't you give us a couple, Brennan? Okay, let's see what we got here. So it's a long list. So let me just give you a few. Mm-hmm. So we'll start. It's a long list. Oh, boy. We have a lot we can talk about. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to necessarily cover them all. Right. But certainly the case of we see uh, Ortegas taking the Lieutenant Styles place. Mm-hmm. We see the wedding, of course. We see, of course, the this time we have ridged forehead romulence, which is explained in Picard. Uh as that's a that's a, a nor, the northern romulence. Mm-hmm. Had that particular look. Mm-hmm. Um we know of course that Pike's accident will take place seven years after these events. Mm-hmm. Which I think the year that this episode takes place is twenty two fifty nine. Let me. Yeah, it's twenty two fifty nine. Right. And so in twenty two sixty six, it's when the accident will happen. Mm-hmm. And which, of course, we know from the menagerie, but how that story, mm-hmm. how that story ends on Telos Four. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see the Romulan Praetor for the first time chronologically, in chronologically in the mm-hmm. and then we've seen oh in a series actually did the one guy ever become a Praetor in next gen no or was he the proconsul 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 yeah we see that which is cool and mm-hmm. this is the earliest in terms of the timeline of the series Mm-hmm. A Star Trek that we see a Praetor. Uh, getting to see a Romulan fleet, pretty cool. This is also a first for us in that with Paul Wesley playing Kirk, Paul Wesley is uh, credited as a special guest star. This is the first time that anyone portraying James T. Kirk mm. has not got starring billing. Yep. Even in Generations... He got starring billing alongside the cast. This is the first time that that does not happen. This is a special guest uh, appearance. So that is a first for us. Yeah, it's funny because um, that in this universe, number one got found out mm-hmm. earlier than she did in the Prime Universe. It was incarcerated earlier. Uh, we also have that Kirk was not particularly familiar with Con Noonien Singh in the prime timeline, but he is this time because his first officer is a descendant of 
of Khan, and it makes you wonder how many kids Khan had. It's possible. Being a conqueror, you wonder. All right. Uh, and then, of course, we get more of Sam Kirk. Mm-hmm. Get to see the brothers together, which is kind of nice. We get a little bit of the, the, the classic Star Trek dramatic music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, da, 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 da. The, yeah, the music that they use, which is really is cool, right on par with the with the uh, originals. Yeah. Um, there was something interesting that I noticed that really fits into new track that mm-hmm. I really like, mm. with Spock saying that they should attack the Romulans. Mm. This connects all, as I said, back to Discovery. Michael Burnham got the mm. information about the Klingons from who? Sarek. Mm. Being that they're siblings, it is interesting they both would make a similar decision because they were both raised by Sarek. Mm. It seems that Sarek might have harbored some prejudices. That's possible. That's very possible. As, as enlightened as he is, because that's how people are. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, this is the bazillion next era once we get in which I never get tired of. Also a mention of the USS Kelvin. Yeah. Kirk's yes. father serving yes. USS Kelvin. And Tarsus Four. Mm-hmm. And All Kirk from Kirk's where, backstory. Where Kurt is the executioner. Mm-hmm. Before turning to be an actor, murdered a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, we know that Spock will go on to greater things mm-hmm. because uh, that's really the focus of this episode is is really if Pike does not do his thing, not only will it spark a war between the Federation and the Romulans, but it will cause the permanent incapacitation of Spock mm-hmm. and you know, any help for peace. Will be lost. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't want to see this trope done a lot. This was done well. This is done very well. Mm-hmm. However, I really would love be, and we're not going to get it, but I would love it with Picard. Mm. If somehow we got a little bit of a rehash of a story in the reverse order, maybe the guy who plays Jack Crusher could play young Picard in a rehash of the story. I, I actually kind of would like that. I, I would very much like that. I want to see more of taking some of these classic Trek stories and putting them on their head in the right context. Oh, I oh. really want that. And I could think of a bunch of classic Trek stories that would fit really well um, City on the Edge of Forever, which in a way they did with, with Discovery. Yes. A little, bit of a, yes. little bit of a way, uh, but I, I like that idea. But there are so many other stories I think that we could... Uh... I mean, gosh, we could go back and see The Stargazer and the Death of Jack Crusher. Yeah! And the 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 the, the, the uh, Battle of Maxia mm-hmm. with, the, with the Ferengi. Right. I, I want these stories. These stories exist. This is what's really good about this, is... It doesn't just retell it. We're just not just redoing mm. the same thing. 
maybe they, giving it enough of a twist. Maybe they could redeem early Ferengi. <laughs> maybe actually making them more menacing. Great me, and this is a crazy idea. I would like if we got an animated Star Trek series mm-hmm. similar to the MCU's What If. Oh. Let's do Star Trek What If from all the different eras. Mm-hmm. You know, I I could think of a million different ways that this could work in so many capacities mm-hmm. and, and how this would play out. What if Picard wasn't rescued from the board? Mm. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm going going off a couple yeah, of ideas. Mr. Worf player. Exactly. Oh, what if what? Worf became Chancellor of, of, of the Klingon High Council? Oh, here's one for you. Here's a, here's a connection. Mm-hmm. So, Una was arrested because of her Illyrian genetic modifications. Right. In Deep Space Nine, Keith O'Brien says to Dr. Bashir that Starfleet hasn't dealt with a situation like this in a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Is he referring to this incident? I'd like to think so. Yeah, when Dr. Bashir was found out. Mm-hmm. So, yep, those are, I mean, there's a lot more than that, but any number those, of stories. Those are some of the connections that really stood out. Yeah, and I think this episode in of itself gives a lot of those ideas. And hey, listen, uh, uh, you know, Kurtzman, if you're listening, I'm telling you, the fans would like a what if Star Trek series, mm. even just as a mini series. I'm telling you, MCU did it, and it worked for them most mm-hmm. of the time. Most of the time, there were a couple I went, Ugh. but otherwise, I like. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I, I I enjoyed this, and this this just was so good, especially the first time I saw it. You know, afterwards I could pick it apart, but I I liked this. This is a good retelling, not in any way bad. You, you feel it's the best episode of the season? I don't think it's the best, but it's definitely on the top, uh, the higher end of that of the first season. Mm-hmm. And I'll even throw this out there: this is the best. Star Trek first season ever. Yeah, I, I yeah. There are no slow. Well, actually, now that you think, yeah, no, I I hundred percent agree. No, they got everything right on this. Except maybe the Lord X season one is pretty good. I think it's better than that because uh, this yeah, is okay. this is as trekky as you can get. Yeah, you got it. And if you've been complaining about new Trek, ten to one odds, you're probably gonna like Strange New World. Yeah, that's the weird thing is, why do people like this show? Even when they didn't like the other neutral. So. Yep. 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 Uh, all right. Uh, favorite moment or quote from this uh, this episode? Ooh. Oh, man. That is a. That's a tough one. I think. The. It's a sad moment, the moment with Dreschev mm-hmm. at the end, looking over the body of an extremely injured Spock. Yeah. Jenna Bush plays it so brilliantly. Uh, 
I mean, those eyes of hers. I mean, the, the emotion is all there. You see it. She hardly has to do anything, and you feel it. You feel that her heart has been ripped out. Mm -hmm. And it's just the moment where all the pieces fit. And you go, okay, this is what it was all about. Yeah. Not just the run of the world, but the fact that Spock is out of the picture. Mm -hmm. And any help for peace would probably end with him. I really like the interaction with, um, with we'll call it now Spock and now Pike uh, in his room at the end of the episode, mm -hmm. where uh, where Spock comes in and Pike's like, I, I'm I'm really glad to see you. You just saw me. Yeah, you're right. One of those time travel tropes, you know, that we get sometimes. But the idea that uh, Pike says, Spock, you are very important to me, as you are to me, Captain. Captain, and then he goes, Chris. Holy cow! He, now the same way that in a that friendship would build with Spock and Kirk down the line, and you would hear him say Jim on the bridge from time to time. It wasn't often he he was usually pretty formal, but sometimes Jim, Jim, just like Bones, Bones never referred to him as Captain. It was always Jim. You know, mm -hmm. and so I really like the development of this relationship, and that that scene right there is just a nice, nice little nod of what's to come for Spock at the same time as Pike. Even though this is a very Pike episode, I really like that. Mm -hmm. Final thoughts. This is a really good episode. This season, as you say, and I absolutely agree, is. Extraordinary. And you're right. Star Trek first seasons, even second seasons in some cases, usually gets off to a rocky start. Mm -hmm. This, well, I think that, you know, you look at the Enterprise. Pretty good start. But then they didn't really know where to go over the rest of the season. This one is like, just in terms of the quality of each episode, this is on a high level. Yes. I can't think of a single episode of this season that I didn't like. I agree with you. So, and, and I can't say that about any of the others. Mm -hmm. Now, to be fair, there's only 10 episodes of this season. Not like 24. Like in some of the that has shows. been one of the great things about New Trek. I think I agree, yeah. Is that we're keeping it simple and it's really forcing the writers to condense everything. Now, it's, in some cases, it, we needed a little more like season two of Picard. Because in like old fashioned TV, mm -hmm. and like back in the day, you know, it was a matter of okay, you got 24 episodes, gotta keep coming up with ideas. Right. You're right. The condensed number of episodes means that you have to think, think on your feet. Pretty much, mm -hmm. like they, okay. What are we? What are the main points we're trying to hit? Mm -hmm. And also, I like this series because even though it doesn't, even though it does have some story arcs, the episodes generally are standalone, mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like they're scrambling for ideas. 
There's been some really, really fantastic episodes of this year. Reintroduction of Gorn, the um, yep. the fan. I call it the Dungeons and Dragons I mean, episode. Um, yes, all it's, uh, one after the other. Of, getting to see more of Tupring. Tupring, oh, getting we some, didn't have we didn't have to bring this episode. <laughs> giving some nice Psyduck backstory. Hey, hey, there's another question in this alternate timeline. What happened to Tupring? <laughs> She dumped in for the other guy. I I I just I want to see uh, uh Ethan Peck do the da, 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 da. I want yes I wanna... oh yes but instead of Kirk now it's Pike. Yep. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean it's a great episode, and I say see it. I say don't skip any of these episodes. No, watch this and watch um, watch this and the or uh, let me rephrase. Watch Balance of Terror, then watch this. Go yeah, ahead and do it great, back to back. It's a great double feature. That's yes, what we It's fabulous. All right. Well, next week, we got a mm. big week because we got Royal Romulans on the way. Mm. We are going to Star Trek Nemesis. Mm. The, uh, the movie that, one way or another, for ill or for good, ended the journey of the Next Generation crew mm-hmm. until this season of Picard. Yeah, <laughs> and we will go into that next week with special guest Justin Toner. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're really excited about that. Uh so yeah, more Romulans next week. You excited for the Romulans? Oh yes. Let me tell you, uh, uh this to me for the movies has the best ship to ship battles mm-hmm. that we've mm-hmm. ever had, mm-hmm. and there have been some decent ones. Really? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. This is the best. So next week we go there. But, Brennan, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Brennan Mystical. You can follow us on Patreon if they were not. On YouTube and uh, anywhere you get your podcast. Or you can also find this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can follow me on all my misadventures in various social groups. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitch, on Twitter at C Ingle 1984. You know, one of the things I was thinking of doing, Brennan, and maybe mm. our, our, our listeners could leave some comments and uh, mm. if they would want to see it. On Twitch, I was thinking of playing um, some good old-fashioned Star Trek games. Maybe as recording... long as you include Voyager Elite Force. I love Elite Force! Yes, that is such a good game. Some of those would be a lot of fun. I have Bridge Commander, and I, I got a couple of them. I, I the would 25th love anniversary and Judgment yes. Rights and all that. I, I'd love to throw a couple. You know what? I might do that. And maybe Man. once in a while on the YouTube channel, I'll, I'll I'll throw them over to Brennan, and maybe we'll throw a couple mm. Star Trek uh, yeah. games our way. But we'll see in the future where that goes. Mm-hmm. But as always, we end every episode. Live long and prosper. Peace and long life.